BMG Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. Hello there, you are with Kev Poulton. And each time we head off on a journey, I'm sure that you'll agree... Something different is mentioned, and this time around we have a very inspirational story of a young lady doing a great thing in our community. Tara Fellows is her name, and like we do with everybody, we start with the ties to the region and found out if she was born here. Uh, No, I was born in Brisbane. Um, I'm an army child, but my mum was born in Albury and so was my dad, and you could base it as my... Mother's side is Wodonga and my dad's side is Albury. Oh, the ultimate rivalry. Yes, so we're like Wodonga Bulldogs, Albury Tigers. But (laughs) then my mum's side's quite well known in Wodonga, we're the Kriegs. And my dad's side started, they were a part of the Botanical Gardens. Oh, there you go. Yeah. When did you come back to Albury Wodonga? Uh, That was when we were like grade four, 1996. Yeah, Yeah. And, and where did you go to school? (laughs) <laughs> I went to 13 schools, oh, wow. but I graduated from Catholic College in Wodonga. There you go. Yeah. And so let's talk about Restart Albury-Wodonga. Um, for those that haven't heard of, of what you do, um, how long have you been operating and, and what is it that you aim to do each year? So it's been operating since 2016 officially, um, and I took it on in 2017 And what we aim to do is provide the basic household items to people that have been through a crisis. So what sort of things would you determine as a crisis? Where they can't afford to buy those items to start off again. So they've been given a house and considering that it's quite expensive to move into a house, we just reduce that stress of buying the essential items. So how does it work? Do they come to you themselves and ask for the assistance or have you got a network of you know other support uh, organisations that know to contact you for those goods? Yeah, so they have to be through a service. One, because they're going through a crisis, they need some support and also that we're trusting in the professionals to make that judgement that they need this item. Okay. And yeah. then is it delivered there at the house ready for them to go before they even move in or what's that sort of moment like when somebody who's in crisis receives that help. Yeah, so I give it to the service just to reduce that privacy and their dignity. I give it to the service and they deliver it to them and then the services always give feedback on their facial expressions and how they um, were extremely grateful for what has been given. So really you're doing something that's fairly faceless in terms of you don't, you know, you give a lot of time, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming, to restart Mm Albury-Wodonga, but you don't actually get to see the final benefit and and how it changes their life. What's that feel like? I just think that it's keeping that person's dignity, but our community supporting you. That's all. That's all I care about. What keeps you volunteering? It's obviously a volunteer role. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep doing it? Because I know exactly how it feels to not have something and want want that bit of help. Yeah, mm. but also that I'm helping someone. You know, it's not just a household item. You've given someone a toaster to make toast for their kids or you've given someone a tong to flip their vet- their sausages. It's not just items. It's more to that. It's the love. Yeah. So when you say um, you know what it's like mm-hmm. not to have any of that, are you happy to talk a bit more about that? Or? Yeah. 
Yeah. So what's your background? You, you've obviously come through some adversity yourself and mm-hmm. maybe been at a crisis point yourself before. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I am an army child, so constant moving all through my life and that's packing and then starting again and everything. So that's just that homelessness sort of feel. That's just what you did when you're an army kid. You got up and you moved. But when I became a teenager, I chose to leave for family home. And so that was I was 15 years old and I had to start there. Didn't even think about it. I was just homeless. And then I went and got into a relationship and broke up with the partner of my children and became homeless again. And no help. I got no help from anyone. And I had to start again. And that was watching my kids' faces when I couldn't even have them in my home because I had no fridge. Broke my heart. What do you do? You decide to leave home as a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. First night, you're out in the dark. You say to yourself, you, you've, you've simply made just the decision that, that home wasn't the right place for you mm-hmm. at that point in time in your life. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I did silly things. <laughs> I drank. Yeah, I got someone to buy me some alcohol to numb it out. Stupid decision. Yeah. Stupid when I think about it now. Yeah. But you just... You were just in this cycle, constant cycle of fight or flight. You just went to one house. You tried to get to this person's house. You tried to stay in their house. Then they, you know, you couldn't stay there any longer, so you went to another person's house, and then you went here. And you didn't ask for help. You didn't ask anyone. The school knew about it. They helped me. They fed me. But, no, you just keep going. And so do the people that you're staying with, is that something you open up about and say, hey, I've got no home at the moment. Can I stay for a couple of nights? Or how, how does that sort of happen? Just friends. You just made friends with people so you could stay at their house. Pretty, I don't know, out there. But you just make friends with people. Yeah. I'm still friends with them today. Mm. Yeah. But you just said, can I stay here tonight? Like it was a friend's sleepover. Let's fast forward a little bit to now. Mm-hmm. What changed in your life? What, what, what made you go from being homeless, it sounds like twice, mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming you, you consider yourself to be on your feet now and, and comfortable. Mm-hmm. How do you go from one extreme to the other? So not living in a poor me attitude. So wanting to make a difference, knowing that your life isn't this, is making a better life for yourself. I have three children that need to look up to me and I had to make those changes. I was just going to go round and round in circles and be a typical person, just you know, living off Centrelink, living off $11 a fortnight, I didn't want it anymore. And I wanted to show my kids that you've got to work hard for what you get. That doesn't matter what cards you've been dealt, you work hard and you get it. Very inspiring because I'm sure, um, and I know your your work now is, is in that sort of community health um, sort of service mm-hmm. area, but you would have no doubt, um, you know, say birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going through those sorts of emotions, those thoughts, those feelings as a homeless person and, and you know you are trying to buck the system or whatever it is you're trying to do when you are in those um, dire straits, mm-hmm. um, you would have no doubt known others and become friends with others that were in similar situations. Yeah. Because oh, I was 15 and I was sort of um, in a different sort of friends group. I sort of wanted to attach to people, but then I didn't want people to feel sorry for me as well. So there was friends that I did keep. And we just sort of got through it together. And have they all got a similar story to you now? Or are some of them still, as you said, in that circle? Mm, Not really. No. It's everyone's got their own, you know, mindset. I just flipped my mindset. I had to. What led led you to flip it? Was it some some advice that came from somebody else or or something you read or saw? How do do you switch off and switch over between two completely different mindsets? Yeah. Breaking point. 
It was my breaking point. I was living in a cabin that um, Beyond Housing had got for me due to being homeless. Um, my children had been taken from their dad because I was living in an unsafe environment and wanted to end my life. And I flipped. I said, nah, can't do this anymore. Can't do this. What am I going to show my kids if I just give up? So I changed and got a house within a week. How old were your kids at this point in time? So one and two and a half. Yeah, okay. So yep. yeah, quite, um, I guess, no knowledge of what's happening around them at all no, at that nothing. age. No. Now that you've obviously got something to focus on as a volunteer mm-hmm. and, and, and helping others, even though it now makes perfect sense as to how you stay motivated. It'd be mm-hmm. silly for me to say, how do you stay motivated to keep volunteering when, when you've shared with us yeah. nothing more than your own experience can, can motivate you stronger. Um, do you get any spare time? Like, Do you find that there's um, moments that you get to enjoy yourself and be thankful of, I guess, the decision change and your mindset change? At this point, no. <laughs> I have no <laughs> spare time whatsoever, not even on weekends. But when I do, and I'm prioritising my family at this point because I've still got children and I still want to be an active part of their life, not just mum's working, mum's restart, mum's doing this. Mm. I enjoy my weekends. I love getting into my garden my kids helping me with the garden um, and just doing fun things, watching movies with the kids. That's my spare time. Mm. Yeah, probably on a Sunday. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a very philosophical person, like a quote-driven person? Is there any advice or, or any quotes that you've heard along your journey in life or, or someone shared something with you and you thought, that's a good one, I'll keep that and use that every time I make a decision. So I've got two. I've made one up myself. Oh, yes. It's nothing that's how philosophical that. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't be typical, just be awesome. So that's not succumbing to your own life and what's happened in your life. It's, you know, change it, use it. Use what's been given you and make something great of yourself and um, also follow that fire burning in your belly of what your passion is. doesn't matter what it is, it's your passion. And um, Xavier Rudd, just let it go. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah. one. Can't yeah. change it. No, no. point in stress. What will be, it. will be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Sarah as well, Doris mm-hmm. Day, that's the one. <laughs> Do you have any regrets in no. life? Or do you regret leaving home when you're 15? No. I used to. I used to live in a world filled with regret, but it got me nowhere. So now if I reflect, everything that's happened is made me who I am today and I'm helping people. So yeah. no, no regrets, okay. except for smoking. Yeah. You still smoke now? <laughs> Shouldn't, yeah. but sliding that first one, silly, silly, silly. Yeah. Yeah. That's your next challenge, perhaps. Yes. What's uh, What's your greatest achievement in life so far? Do you think? My babies. Hmm. Yeah, my children, definitely. Anybody who has been a parent can understand that feeling, can't yeah, they? Most certainly. Um, what's the toughest decision you think you've ever had to make in life? To go and work and study. Hmm. you know, not be a part of that stay-at-home mum, like everyone dreams to be, where you're at. The um, every school concert and you're at everything. I'm working and I studied and that was very hard. Still to that, this day, it's very hard. Yeah. Does study come naturally to you? Were you a academic Mm-mm. student despite the homelessness? Were you still able to focus at school and 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 find? I was illiterate. Yeah. I didn't read a book. I didn't do no maths. I had one teacher sit down, and I'm still to this day will always be thankful to him. He sat down every day and taught me fractions. Still don't get them, but he sat down and gave me time. But no, I was not 
an educational person whatsoever. I taught myself how to budget and how to, you know, fill out grants that I'm doing now, write an essay, all that, taught myself. And so when you studied or returned to study, was it uh, was it harder? No, nah, I was a teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> always helps. Um, you obviously had the desire to be there, whereas yeah. we don't always have a desire in a classroom environment no. as teenagers, do we? Yeah. I had too much going on. I had to worry about, you know, what I was eating or, you know, that sort of thing. But I was so passionate at my TAFE course. Anyone that studied with me will know that and they'll say that, that I just found my love, yeah, in learning, yeah. If you go back to the point when you became homeless for the first time, did you ever think you'd be where you are now? Mm-mm, not at all. I had no idea where I was going. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to do something and I knew I wanted to be passionate about something, but I just didn't think about it. No, not at all. No idea. When I was a child, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Yeah. That's what that was going to be my next question is, you know, as a kid, what was it like? You know, yeah. you're getting, uh, as an army child, you know, changed and moved around all over the place with different postings for yeah. the family. But the desire then was fashion design. Have you have you come remotely close to ever trying it? Or? No, no. The only closest thing I come to linen is restart. <laughs> Cotton? No. <laughs> no. Now that you've had the experience you have had in life, what advice would you give perhaps a younger you or perhaps even somebody now who's going through that similar process where they think, you know, this home isn't right for me. Um, what what does hindsight tell you? Trust your gut. Always trust your gut. Yeah. And it's all worth it in the end. If you trust your gut, it'll be right. So you think apply that to every single yep. decision in life? Yeah. Yep. If you're in, um, in tune with yourself, yep. If you're not, if you have no idea what's going on or whatever, we all have an intuition though. So stick with that. Is there anything you'd do differently if you had your time over again? No, I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) It's good that you stopped to recognise that. Yeah, I had to. People hear your story and it's one that not many will relate to. The stats are there, plenty Mm -hmm. of homelessness. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are fortunate enough to be comfortable where they are. Yep. Uh, your story gets to the world, goes to the big screen. There's a movie about your life, Tara Fellows. <laughs> Who would play you? I would love to say Melissa McCarthy. I would love to say it because she's all Rebel Wilson just because we've got the same sense of humour because it has to be funny. Like it couldn't be serious at all or emotional. It'd have to be funny. And do you think your sense of humour is maybe what's got you to where you are today? Like have you always laughed at bad mm. situations? I've always been awkward and a clown, always. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so a sense of humour is the uh, the secret to su- success, perhaps. Mm. Uh, what song would feature on the soundtrack of your life, Tara? Is there a song that you think when it comes on the radio or it's yeah, it's playing in a movie soundtrack or something and you go, geez, that sums it up, doesn't it? Nah, this girl's on fire. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I'm like, yes. That's me. <laughs> I'm motivated. I've got the kids singing it now. Yeah. 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 Have you done much travel over your time? Obviously, to find a home and and obviously around Australia is the army posting. Have you had the chance to go overseas or anything like that? Um, I went for 24 hours to New Zealand. Yep. And that was enough or? No, that's all I could afford. (laughs) (laughs) I had time. Would you like to go and travel the world more and see how, I guess, disadvantaged people in different parts of the world are and and what their challenges are in life? I'd love to see... um, where my family heritage came from. Mm. I'd love to see all that. I'm very, um, I don't know, it just feels like home or you're connected somehow. 
Um, my sister lives overseas. She's been overseas pretty much since I was a little child. I'd love to go and see her more, but I don't know. I love Australia. I want to see Australia before I see anything else. Yeah, good attitude to have. So with that said, if you could be anywhere in the world tomorrow with no restrictions, where would you be? Who would you have with you? I would be on my couch watching Outlander by myself. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I just want to know. I've got two episodes to go. That's all I want to watch. <laughs> and not do anything. Be in my trackies. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. a simple thing. Just isn't it? simple. Yeah. I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Journey. At BMG Partners, they enable people to achieve their dreams. And if listening to this conversation got you thinking about your journey and whether you're on track, they'd love to hear from you. Head to bmgpartners.com.au. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.